season two of The Corporate Athlete. I'm your host, Rachel Findler. Now in season two, we have some of the top athletes in the world lined up for you. But as we are launching in December, I thought it was very fitting to start with a skier. Now I had the privilege of getting an exclusive interview with Sam Adsomatin, who is one of the top free riders and mountaineers in the world. He was traveling with the collective film, which he is featuring in this year, and it is available to the public today, which is December 2nd. You can check out the film at www.thecollective.film. Now this is put together by Faction Skis and it features 26 of their athletes and they film all around the world from Finland to BC and Canada to Japan and Switzerland. And Sam skis some of the most impressive big lines I have ever seen. It was an absolute joy to sit down at the ski movie premiere with him, watch these crazy lines and get a chance to speak to the man behind the craziness. He is actually one of the most chilled out and relaxed guys I've ever met. And it always surprises me meeting these extreme athletes that you expect kind of a crazy personality, but they're always so level-headed. And they have to be to make smart decisions while they're out there. And Sam talks to us about this. He talks about how he has the athlete mindset of constantly wanting to push the limits and be that crazy athlete. But he is also a qualified mountain guide, which means that he is constantly thinking about safety and taking the safest line and how he finds the balance between those two voices in his head. So as I said, you can go check out The Collective Film um, at thecollective.film and that is released today. It's an incredible 45-minute ski movie and it will definitely have you pumped and ready for the ski season if you're not already. Now if you are a keen skier yourself, you can actually have the opportunity to ski with some of the top skiers in the world. So the guys that you watch in the ski movies, that you read about in the magazines, that you see compete on the Freeride World Tour. And you can do this through Youthrive Ski Trips. Youthrive offer you an exclusive opportunity to ski with the top skiers in the world. Now whether you enjoy cruising the piste or you want to go off piste and push your backcountry limits and develop your backcountry skills, you can do that while learning from the top skiers in the world. Youthrive offer organized ski trips where if you're a solo traveler, you can go along and meet some other keen skiers and get shown around the top areas in the world with pro skiers like faction skier Johnny Collinson, uh, North Face rider Ian McIntosh, Freeride World Tour champion Raina Barkard, um, and if you want a private trip with just you and your friends or you and your family, Youthrive can organize your dream trip as well and you will be shown around by one of the top pro skiers in the world. Now imagine the bragging rights you can have to your friends when you tell them that you skied some awesome off-piece lines with some of these top skiers in the world. So to get more information on these ski trips, you can visit youthriveltd. So it's the letter U, thrive, ltd.com. Or you can head on over to Instagram, which is at youthrive underscore LTD, and you can see all the awesome photos and videos from their previous trips, and it'll definitely get you hyped up for the ski season. I'm really looking forward to sharing this interview with Sam with you. I hope it gets you pumped for the winter, and I'm sure you will learn a lot. If you don't know Sam and don't already follow him on Instagram, you can check him out at, at samantamatten.com. 
and that's on Instagram. And you can also check out Faction Skis, which are at Faction Skis, and you can see some footage of the other riders in the collective film. All right, let's get pumped for winter. Sam, what a pleasure for you to give us our time today. I know you're busy running around London doing your Faction movie premiere. Thanks for having me here, and yeah, it's a pleasure. Yeah, so how's your experience of London going at the moment? Definitely one of the nicer days that I have seen in London, so <laughs> it's not the first time that we are premiering a movie in London. It's uh, pretty often with Faction, it's the second year now. And other times, with, uh, also with North Face, London is something where we, as athletes, always come, come back early season to pre present uh, our new movies, yeah. Mm. I think a lot of people don't realize that the UK is the fourth largest ski demographic. Is it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I haven't realized it <laughs> either. No, but in Zermatt we have a lot of uh, English uh, clients. Also, uh, Zermatt is, uh, is popular for his alpinism, and the Brits were bringing the alpinism to Zermatt, so definitely some sporty people over here. Yeah, the Brits just love to explore, I think. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> if you look to the, to the history, that's definitely the case, yeah. Yeah, so we're just trying to keep our legacy going and exploring the world. Try to, that's good. <laughs> Um, I'm so excited about uh, the Faction film because I just really, really enjoy watching all the films that you put out. Um, you've really done everything as a skier and a mountaineer because you've competed on the Freeride World Tour, um, you've done a lot of filming projects and you're also a mountaineering guide and you're kind of touching all the areas there. Well, that's, yeah, it's uh, sh shortly said, it's, yeah, that's like the, the what I am. I grew up in Zermatt, I started skiing at young age, went then into climbing and had like a professional career as, a, as an alpinist with my brother together and switched back to, to skiing again and in between there was like mountain, mountain guide exams and ski teacher exams and all together it's like what I'm, I am today, so all those experiences that I was able to, to build up were helping out to, to bring the skiing that we're going to see uh, t tonight here in London. Mm. Everything has led to this moment. <laughs> kind of like, it's not, it's not like, uh, I hope it's not the peak, I hope it's still going further, mm -hmm. but definitely like all those even the even the mountain guiding guiding experiences, they have helped me a lot in the skiing, in yeah, in also uh, just produ producing the movies that we do today. It helps me to to really also do a proper uh, risk management. So a risk management where me as an athlete and also on the second, I'm not really there as a guide but I'm supporting the whole team with my knowledge and that's it's really helping me for my own decisions but for the group decision mm -hmm. and that's I think it's key for a, for a good a good a good story a good ski descent and it helps me and hopefully also the other people mm -hmm. and it makes for a successful one as well because you have the the knowledge um, behind you to ensure that it's a success everyone's home safely and yeah it's it's success but success brings also a lot of 
pressure. So always when I'm when I'm in the mountains, when I'm skiing with other people, it means that I'm pretty much responsible for them. Even if I go skiing with my with my, with my buddies, I'm at the end. I'm the guy there that has the most responsibility. So I have to to look out like every day that I'm not tapping in those little <laughs> how you call that like pools of yeah just like little decisions that can go wrong mm. and you you end up having like a big mistake yeah and of course like having this knowledge for for them a bigger uh, a, a bigger crew which is really producing a movie is then on one side it's it brings pressure but on the other side they're really thankful at the end if everybody was was safe back home is yeah. safe back home yeah. do you feel extra pressure with that responsibility for me i i try to have like always a mountain guide besides on those on those shots on those um screening and uh, screen filming trips that we do sometimes it happens that i'm doing both which i saw that it's not working out like i cannot be a mountain guide mm. and be at the same time the athlete so it's like yeah. two different jobs which are combinable if i'm by myself but not in front of the camera mm-hmm. so it's just it brings too much pressure and at the end you as a mountain guide you want to have safety and as an athlete you want to you want to <laughs> promote you want to promote push. push yeah yeah you go you want to go close to a certain line mm-hmm. and as a mountain guide it's completely opposite so it's something that you cannot yeah mix together mm. but you managed to mix it together because you must have the two voices in your head one saying yeah, let's go push it, and the other one saying, actually, I think we should ski this line because it's a lot safer. I, yeah, <laughs> that's right. I have those two two voices in mind, yeah. and sometimes it's hard because I want to push as an athlete. I want to go further, mm-hmm. but I'm like something tells me like, okay, that's maybe not that smart. Like, definitely also experiences that I had. It's telling me like, okay, come come back a little bit and take it easy mm. which is also good but on the other side it's like okay do I really push it enough to be still like on top of the game mm-hmm. and feature or, in the films yeah or <laughs> yeah. or I'm am I getting old and and scary mm-hmm. like that's always yeah in, in my mind but on the other side definitely the the mountain guiding experience helps to go out and to be safe as an athlete like it's really just even the basic preparation that you do every day I learned that from being a mountain guide and where you when you're going out skiing as a mountain guide you have way more preparation than than an athlete I I would say that you make more preparation because you're you have people out in the field and you have to look to more different angles mm, and you're leading you're leading yeah. yeah you're leading and your escape is way slower than when you're 
you're an athlete and you yeah you want to go left you go left mm, yeah it's like it's like <laughs> make those decisions decis quickly yeah decisions are way quicker and also consequences are are by your own so you don't you don't put other people in those situations yeah, yeah. I think it's funny because like free riding is an it's an individual sport but it's so far from an individual sport because you rely so much on your team and the safety and the guides and scoping the lines and the crew that you're with and you know yeah it's like it's definitely individual in in like the moment itself because when you're skiing you take your decision fast and really it's sometimes it's really how you call that like in instinctive like just while while you're skiing but then all the decisions around it it's really it's like a team sport if you're doing a movie like we we're gonna see it today there are there are filmers photographers there are just uh, guides also on a mountain and your friends that you're skiing with and at the end you you make decisions in the whole team because also when something happens the whole team is responsible to get to get you out there so it's uh it's it's difficult yeah yeah if like if touch wood nothing happens but if yeah. shit happens do you guys always have uh an evacuation plan everyone knows the protocol or does someone take a lead so if something goes wrong the guide it's known and discussed that the guide will take the lead and this is what we'll do and this is where we're going to go we have mostly we have that evacuation plan but um if you have in, in those experience i had if you have a problem the problem is always something bigger or different than what you expected mm. so you really have to be also in in the field you have to be prepared for the worst case and even there you have to be super flexible like it's it's really depending what happens you have to adapt your evacuation plan or your first aid plan like it's we try to do our best like definitely like all the basics you need to go you need to have to go off base we, we have it mm -hmm. and then it's a lot of communication in the group and also planning with guides around us how how we manage things yeah because mm. like i think no one ever wants to talk about the negatives right and in business as well people are so happy to tell you about the successes or um you know project really good sales but rarely people will want to sit down and discuss the what ifs and um what if something goes wrong but like you said it's so important yeah. to know what the plan is and then you you can never really expect you can never you, predict something exactly. Yeah, you never, you can never predict it exactly, but you you can really train to a certain level on your physical skills, but also all the preparation on on the medicals mm -hmm. that you're yeah that you have a better survival chance if something happens. And now nowadays we know that people who are caught in an avalanche have a good survival chance if they get out in the first 15 minutes so your body's on the field 
if they can search, locate you, get you out of the snow, then you have uh, a surviving chance of 75 to 80 percent. Mm. And that's pretty high. Yeah, those so, are good, good odds. And then from those 15 minutes on, it's, it's going down fast. Mm. And that means if you need other people to help you in the field, then you're, you shouldn't be there. So you should be independent with your whole team to be able to get get your bodies out. Oh, interesting. So you should have the skills yourself to deal with that scenario on your own. Yeah, yeah. Initially, That's and then... Initially, like, everybody in your team should have the skills to locate you if mm -hmm. an avalanche happens mm -hmm. and to get you out of the snow mm -hmm. as fast as possible because most of the accidents that happen in avalanches are deadly because people are suffering because of loss of oxy oxygen. So if they get out f fast enough, then they can survive. Mm. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting team. And I think people lots of times talk, talk to me always about the positive, positives. Yeah. And the people that are honest, like my family, my friends, mm -hmm. with them, we ha I have a lot of discussions about what, what if. Yeah. And it's really important to have that di discussion also because free riding is something that is so pure, so beautiful, but you have to understand then that in a split second, it can take your life away. Yeah. It's. It's no choking, it's like, yeah. it's real. Mm. And you just have to realize that and have that in mind. And even myself, every time that I drop into a line, I have that somewhere behind in my mind. It's, yeah. it's cool, but <laughs> be yeah. careful. Yeah. That's yeah. the best way to ski, I think, to have a little then you're uh, you're not being reckless and we've all skied yeah. with those reckless skiers <laughs> yeah I mean uh, I had also my days where I was like just going around like a little crazy kid yeah and everything went well but I have I can definitely say that I had some luck in my life mm. and it was uh, it was in my young years where I where we didn't know how uh, transceiver is working mm. we didn't ski with a shovel we just went out skied everything didn't matter about avalanche avalanche danger yeah and after a while you realize that uh, you don't have so many days to to burn your chokers mm -hmm. otherwise it's gonna be uh, over soon yeah yeah i think they say that um you only really have 20 days in the back country without incident if you haven't taken your avalanche level one course. Oh yeah? Yeah, I remember that from the course. And then in level two, they said that you will have 200 incident-free days from in the backcountry yeah. if you take avalanche two, and then it goes more and more just because you learn so much more yeah. and you know what to look out for. It's a lot of days. Yeah, <laughs> I know I was thinking that, because like really majority of people will only go backcountry you know, maybe six days a year kind of yeah. thing. Um, so, but it's worth taking the courses for sure. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Just even to have a basic, basic skills where you're 
yeah usually when you when you're not super experienced you take a guide mm. but also if you ski with a guide it's always good to know to know yourself yourself and to yeah. know what's what's going on yeah and i think just picking up the point you said about um when you talk when you ski with your family and friends you discuss these what ifs or maybe the more negative scenarios and actually i think i, I wouldn't call it negative it's like it's it's real life yeah it's, yeah it's not it's what yeah of course it has a negative side side effect kind of yeah but it's it's real mm. that's that's there yeah and i think the communication aspect is so important because for me when i go out with a group i like it makes me feel better <laughs> knowing that everyone in my group has discussed that they know an evacuation plan or they know uh, what to do or how to yeah. behave and I think in discussing those um, what if scenarios that actually it makes me feel better um, because I think okay we, we've we've all understood that this is yeah. a possibility we all know the risk and we all know the the plan uh, if shit happens so I think that's that's the reason why I like to ski with with close close bodies like also Jeremy Heights uh, like Nicola Vunier, like really close bodies that are, we know each other level, we know each each other's skills, mm -hmm. and we know that if something happens, this person is is reacting pretty much right. So mm -hmm. you never know if somebody's in shock or not. But you have you have a certain level, and that makes you like your day starts at already some somewhere at a higher level so you can push your skiing mm. if it's for the fun or if it's more extreme that's up to you but you can really from there on you can go further and otherwise you're you're playing somewhere else you're somewhere at the basics mm. and you don't feel really comfortable with mm. it yeah you can't go far and you can't go you can't step it up and that's something like the the physical fitness, mm. the mental fitness, but also the the group dynamics, they have to be right. Yeah. Yeah, the more you know, the further you're going to go, and the more people in your team who know more, then you're going to go further again. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah. I, think, I mean, some of the places you skied are just unreal, like just like jaw-dropping, um, just awesome to watch. What, what's been your favorite? I mean, you've had so many, but what, what is a, an, a, an adventure that really stands out, whether it's um, for pure enjoyment or just um, maybe the mental, <laughs> the mental joy of, of finishing that adventure? Um, difficult to, to take one out of it. Yeah. But definitely one of those top adventures was uh, Georgia, skiing in Georgia. Oh, wow. And the other one, maybe top one right now, was last year in Pakistan. Oh, yes. Because thinking of Pakistan, you don't really think that you're going to ski something. And people are really um, yeah, touched by the negative influence of, of the media mm -hmm. over here. But over there, like in every, in every way, the, the country was just like super positive like 
the people were super friendly. Oh, the food wow. was so good. The mountains are just like ten times bigger than the Alps. Yeah. And it's just <laughs> it's not it's not only the skiing, it's the whole the whole experience around it which makes it special. Mm. Really special. And at the end it's I skied in so many places on the earth that really the experience is even more important than the skiing. Of course, yeah. of course, we all want good snow. But what what what's good snow if the experience is shit? And yeah, and you're with it, a bunch it, of assholes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> heli skiing somewhere with a bunch of assholes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always think that the people make make the trips absolutely like the the locals and. Um, just again those cultures are just so welcoming aren't they not to mention the food as well it's just incredible yeah, yeah. but they are such welcoming people definitely like and it's like i had to yeah i'm i'm thankful that i had so many good good experiences really like japan georgia pakistan like canada everything is like yeah it's it's really cool to be a pro ski. <laughs> Everyone's the, dream. It's the resume. So when what I'm really intrigued about is how do you pick your adventures? Like how how do you what starts triggering something in your mind that thinks, okay, Pakistan looks cool, let's go there. I'm I'm looking a lot of um, into mountaineering books. And I'm I'm reading also a lot of like mountaineering stories, and those books they have beautiful pictures of peaks mm. with sometimes a possible skiing line on it. And most of the time, this was for me this was the trigger to to a certain yeah a certain trip that we have done. Also, like Georgia, Georgia was a a picture. The body of mine saw in, on a exhibition in Russia, and it was that beautiful pyramid, pyramidal peak with a per perfect skiing line on it. Oh wow! It just and, sung to you. And it it really yeah. He sent that to me, and I saw it. And by the way, I had like straight away I had to Google it and just go. Everything went from there on. Mm, snowballed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and it's it's a lot of times it's it's that's the way, mm. like getting inspired by by pictures. Yeah. How many of those adventures get thrown out the window for whatever reason, and how many become successful? Uh, I think one of every ten. Wow, really? Is can be successful, yeah. 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 Just from timing, logistics, finances. Timing, weather. logistics, uh, big big thing is financing. Yeah. Financing it. And with with the financing, it's it, it's really important to present it to to somebody that supports you, mm -hmm. but that it's also interesting for them. So it's always. It's a presentation of a project that you do, where you wanna, you want, you wanna. In the most important is the skiing, but still, somebody's.
paying money for it, mm -hmm. it has to somehow get an influence on on numbers, mm. on sales, yeah. Catch the attention of an audience. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So is that in your mind when you're looking at an adventure, you think, so you you might look at a line and you think, well, it's probably been done, but, oh, Pakistan, that's a, an eye-opener. It's, it's, uh, it's second, secondary, it's on, on my mind, mm -hmm. because that's also what I said before, that the culture is really it's beautiful to live that and a lot of times like those special peaks special descents they bring a lot of cultural traveling mm -hmm. so that's it's also in the mind in my mind so how how can we implement this in a in a nice story to finally have something that is going to a broad audience but which which is also uh, a good skiing story because I uh, yeah I like to explore but at the end I want to ski. Well, you saw me on Pakistan. <laughs> 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 I've least recently been looking at Kyrgyzstan and yeah. Uh, yeah I was hoping to go this January but I think it'll be 2021 now um, yeah. when I get out there. But yeah, but just it's, it's traveling to the east. It's nice and uh, really Pakistan. The, well. It isn't any easy to go skiing in Pakistan because mm -hmm. already if you think about the snow it starts from 4,200 meters upwards. It starts? Yeah. Oh gosh, that's so, a really high snow line. So wow. you're, you're actually cli climbing the Matterhorn oh, God. to start, <laughs> to start at the base of your skiing. Yeah. Alright, so I better go do my altitude training yeah, in the Andes or something <laughs> at their definitely, peaks. Definitely, yeah. And then go up, yeah. Yeah, yeah um, it's more... I mean, Pakistan, it's, it's really special also because you need to be an alpinist to get up on the, on the mountains. So mm -hmm. Otherwise, you, can, you will not be skiing anything. Yeah. So everything is... By for means, everything is hiking, yeah. <laughs> and carrying all your gear. Yeah. Definitely. Um, the last point I want to discuss with you is, is the mental aspect. We've kind of touched on it as we've been talking. But I know um, that you use visualization a lot as one of your techniques um, in skiing yeah. a line or visualizing your approaches. Um, is that, were you taught that or is that just something that you've, you've learned to do yourself? Well, I have, I have learned visualization uh, like the first that I've really learned it was when I was in the climb in the youth climbing team of Switzerland oh, wow. and there was always when we did competition we were able to look at the route mm. for 10 minutes then just uh, yeah seeing it and afterwards we were visualizing it and doing like a mental yeah a plan how you how you want to climb this route and at the end like Every every mountain I climb, every descent I do is visual, visualization because you're in skiing. You you have you look usually to the mountain on a picture or mm. normally on in real time, and you see the the line that you're gonna ski. And a lot of times you don't climb the line that you're gonna ski, so you have to really 
get that picture of the mountain. Memorize it. Memorize it, get on top of the mountain, turn it around and then ski the right line. Because if you jump off the wrong cliff, <laughs> you're... Big consequences. Yeah, yeah. You, you can... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so at the end, visualization is one of the most important tools that I use every day in skiing. And the same thing, I mean, in, in mountaineering it's different. In mountaineering you make a whole game plan, but the visualization is way like more globalized about the whole project. Because you, you cannot know on a 7,000 7, meter peak how you're going to move up there if it's a first uh, ascent. So yeah, you don't know how your body's going to react. Yeah, yeah, it's different. But definitely in skiing it's like, it's the everyday job. And then with a lot of times with, uh, with film shootings, when we have not, not a lot of uh, time, when, for example, the the heli is in the air, mm. so it means that there's money. Money is getting spent. <laughs> yeah. So you can. By the minute. Yeah. So the minute is really the minute is forty-two dollars. Uh, oh gosh. So you there is a certain pressure to to memorize a mountain, a line fast, and then go up and ski it straight away. Wow. So it's. Yeah, you have to be good in this, otherwise you're not going to be a good free skier. Yeah, and when you're visualizing, do you do you get the feeling? Do you get the emotions? It's not just about seeing it as if through your eyes. Is your body responding to it? Well, that's like the whole visual visualization. You try to really to ski that line as as close as possible in every manner that right. you you can get. So it's. It's not only about like where I'm skiing through. It's like jumping off a cliff. You try to imagine how 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 far you're gonna jump, how steep the landing is, how big the impact is. So the whole you you try to have everything already in your mind that at the end when you're skiing, it's just like natural. Natural, yeah. It's like you've done it before. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of times. On, on those descents you also you don't have much time to react if something happens so you you have you have to know the, the whole thing the whole line by by heart mm. and then you you can escape much easier because mm. there's a lot of studies like that have been done about athletes visualizing and the success that they have um, by visualizing the move and there was one Australian psychologist who got three groups of people to shoot basketball hoops and yeah. he had one group of people shoot every single day and then he had another group of people do absolutely nothing and then he had another group of people just visualizing that they were shooting oh, yeah. hoops every day and the guys that visualized had a higher success rate in then how many hoops than the guys that had physically practiced physically practiced every day yeah crazy. yeah it was it's incredible as in, in climbing, we have a climbing wall in Zermatt, just next to our house, where we grew up and like I have done routes like hundreds of times. And now I'm going back to it and I can, I can really visualize the, the whole route 
Oh wow! And I can, I can even feel the the holes. Like my hand when I'm when I'm visualizing, my hand is doing the right position of the hand holes. Oh wow! <laughs> and even even after like three four years not climbing there, I could go back and do like every route. Wow! And every movement was so like boom on point. Yeah, crazy. You, you visualized it. Your body knew it. Well, the body knew the the whole movement, but then only by visualizing it for a few minutes, it yeah went along. Yeah. No, it's. It, I mean, it's it's an, a pleasure to be here and also to to speak about this because yeah, it's the beginning of the season and people are getting hungry for snow. And it's good to tell them also that yeah, a little preparation make makes them better skiers and makes their experience also way more uh, not trustful, but something way a way better experience. Yeah. I think that's such a valid point and uh, I think everyone focuses on getting into the gym which is great but you've touched on some things that people can easily start doing now to make sure that they have a, a really good winter and a safe one too. Definitely yeah. yeah. Yeah I mean the gym is good like get physically prepared but also mentally and get your knowledge to, to get out in the field with your bodies and to get safe back to the bar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, it's probably time for a beer. So, Sam, thank you so much for chatting with us today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Faction, for organizing this. You can check out Sam and Tamatin's section in the collective film put together by Faction at thecollective.film or you can head on over to YouTube and check out the collective film on YouTube as well. If you want to follow Sam's adventures throughout the winter, you can follow him on Instagram at Sam Antimatin, and you can also check him out on the Faction Instagram page at Faction Skis. Alright, I hope you all learned a lot um, about mountaineering and the experience that you need to go out into the mountains. Be safe. And if you want to do uh, backcountry skiing in a safe environment, you can sign up to a Youth Thrive trip and ski with the top skiers in the world that have extensive backcountry knowledge. You can visit the website www.youthriveltd.com. Alright, that's a wrap for this. Uh, next week I will release an episode with faction skier Johnny Collinson who has been coming back from his second knee injury. Now, as we said in this interview with Sam, shit happens sometimes. But how do you get over things when things go wrong? So Johnny is going to talk us through his step-by-step -step program of rehabbing from knee surgery, which I'm sure a lot of skiers can relate to, as well as other athletes. Until next week, take care.